Michelle. We Hello. are here. We got a very special guest coming up a little later. Randall Kleiser is with us. He's the great director of my second favorite movie of all time. That sounds shady. It's not shady because everybody knows your first favorite is The Wizard, the Wizard of Oz. Of Oz. Yeah. And it's it's a you know, it's beyond. Yeah. So but my second favorite movie of all time is Grease. I could watch that movie. Oh. Anytime during the day, I can watch. If we're on right now, you know what my ass will be doing? Watching it. Watching Grease. You can't change the it's channel. So brilliant. It's so brilliant. I you love cannot. it. I love it. And it's always on. So he's here. He directed uh, so many movies. You know, we'll get into that yes. with him. But you were on tour recently. I heard a story about uh, uh, Pickpock Kimchi. Oh, my God. Pickpock Kimchi. Yes, and I was actually there. So we were in Copenhagen. So pick Kimchi, kimchi got pickpocketed. pickpocketed. Okay. We were in Copenhagen. And we were walking around because all the other girls, I think. And had... where is that? In Norway? Denmark. In Denmark. And Why do we Americans always get that mixed up? Um, well, because it, we it's, don't. It's well, those Norwegian. of us who know geography don't. Is it all, <laughs> is it all Norwegian? No, no, Norway is Norwegian. You're thinking of Scandinavia. Scandinavia. Yeah. It's part of Scandinavia. Well, it's all up in that area. So Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, uh-huh. that area. That's Scandinavia area. Okay. Denmark. Yeah. So we were in Copenhagen, and uh, Kim Chi and I said we wanted to separate from the other girls were doing stuff, and we woke up later, whatever it was. Um, we were at the hotel, and I was texting the group, and Kim's like, I want to go get something in town to eat. And I was like, done. Let's go. So uh-huh. Kim and I jumping into Norwegians Uber. known for their food? No, but we were humans and need to eat. Yeah, but, uh, oh, did we establish that And we we're... weren't in Norway. We were oh. in Denmark. <laughs> I think I pickled herring and stuff. Uh, something Denmark. Some, there's Denmark. something rotten in Denmark. Yes, there is. Yeah, and it was me. Okay. So we go and find. I was in the mood for Indian food. And I'm in the mood for, for Indian. Sagwala. <laughs> and, and Kim is a foodie, so Kim is like, she's down. She, she is down for uh-huh. whatever. Okay. She's like, I'll go for Indian food with you. I was like, bet. So Kim and I hook up in the lobby. We go take an Uber to town in Copenhagen. Here's what we didn't know. What we didn't know was that it was a bank holiday, so everything was closed. Oh. The only things that were opened in town were um, restaurants. So we, we were going to shop and then go eat. No shopping was to be had. Okay. So Kim Chi and I find on Yelp, which I – do you want Yelp? Do you I Yelp? don't. You're a phone person. I'm not a phone person. I know. Trust me. I will go on the computer and look, uh, look what's up before I go down there, but I'm not going to be on my phone walking around on my phone. Okay. Well, you can Yelp on, on the computer, too. Yeah. Yelp is – the, I wish I came up with the idea. Mm. You know you know what it is. It gives yeah. reviews of yeah, everything. Yeah. Right. So we find the best Indian place in the area. We walk probably about a mile to the place. So we get a little exercise. Beautiful you day. You a mile in your shoes? In my shoes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful day. Chilly, but sun was shining. People milling about because it was a bank oh, was holiday. Was it winter time? Yeah. It was kind of cold. Oh. Yeah. So um, we're walking and everybody's, you know, doing their thing. A lot of bike riding in that part of the world. Yes. You know? Yes. So we go and eat lunch. Great lunch. We get out and I see um, crowded. I see this good looking guy. Good looking guy. Who would play him? Um, Like a Bradley Cooper-ish. Okay. But not that good looking. Like yeah. relax, Michelle. Sure. But that kind of guy. See, I'm not a Bradley Cooper kind no, of guy. No, but that's yeah, the kind of yeah, guy. Uh-huh, right? right? I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I'm completely co-signing uh-huh. with you on that. Um, on the bike, he has sunglasses on, but see-through, so you can see his eyeballs. And okay. I was like, oh, he's cute. Just in passing. Sure. But there was a reason why I looked at him, uh-huh. which is oddly enough. Yeah. I look at him, and I was like, okay, cute. Keep walking. Kim and I are about a block down. Now, Kim had a big, like, um, 
Rick Owens type of flouncy jacket with a pocket that you would get at Zara. Yes, got it. I know. Um, yep. Black, and she had shorts on and flip flops and like in we, that cold weather. Yeah, but Kim's Kim's a a, a big girl. Right. She and she's always hot. Okay, she's one of them. Where yeah. I'm the opposite. Uh huh. Um, so we're walking down the street after lunch, talking. Blah, blah, blah. I take out my phone. I'm looking at it. All of a sudden, I hear Kim go, no! And I turn around. She had stopped. Now, mind you, Kim's like, what, 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, mm-hmm. Stopped this bicycle with her two hands. And the front tire is between her legs. Mm-hmm. So she's holding the handlebars, looking directly at the guy. Go, no! And she starts pushing. And I go, what is going on? She's like, this guy just pickpocketed me. Mm-hmm. And she stopped him dead in his tracks with like, yeah, like stopped him. Really? Kim just came to life, stopped this guy. And the guy goes, fuck y'all. And he's trying to get through her on the bike and yeah. he couldn't get through her. Yeah. And Kim's holding the handlebars. She like turned into fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. It was like, no. And I was like, what's going on? She's uh-huh. like, he just pickpocketed me. I said, did he get his phone? She's like, no, I'm not letting him go. She felt his hand uh-huh. in her pocket uh-huh. and grabbed his arm. And did a fucking, you know, predator moment where yes. she stopped that motherfucker yeah. dead in his truck, grabbed his bike, and he's like yelling at her, and then he he left. But she, she got it back. She got it. She got it back. I love that story. But first of all, let's go back, okay? okay. Because okay. it was the, the guy who I saw. Yes, of that course. Was yeah, no, you're insane. Okay. That is why you don't walk around looking at your goddamn phone, people. Right. I'm telling you right now. I I, I you do not. You do not take your attention away from the moment. Correct. That's why, I'm sure that's why he- uh, Chose uh, tra- us, yeah. uh, d- p- p- What's the word? Targeted you guys. Yeah. That is why. Well, the good thing is I didn't have a purse and neither did Kim. I just, and I kept my card and my key yeah. somewhere on my body. That's the other thing. Do not wear Rick Owens knockoffs from <laughs> Zara because you've got some fashiony big pocket Bitch, there are predators out there Everywhere. who are looking for people who do not or are not paying attention. And Copenhagen is a safe city. So what happened was, and it, but it, just know, you guys, every tourist city, this happens all the time in Paris, mm-hmm. notoriously, mm-hmm. all the time in Pisa, in parts of uh, mm-hmm. Italy. But Kim has one of those phones, like you, yeah. that has the wallet in it. Sure. Now, you were smart enough and you don't put everything in there. Kim had credit cards. Oh. Kim had everything, her, everything. And he yeah. saw that. Yep. Yep, yep. I had nothing on me but this. I didn't even yeah. have this. Like, I had nothing. You know, years ago when Joel and I used to travel all over the world, uh, we'd go out and we'd have a little time somewhere. And this is before smartphones and all that kind of stuff. She would be walking around and she'd have an open map with her going, um, I think... I think it's this so you're way. Screaming, towards. screaming! I don't know where I am. Yes. I'm disoriented. Yes, you do not do that. No. It's still a jungle out there. Yes, you have to be aware. You have to be present at all times, and not just physically, but you know what's happening politically in this country right now is due due to the fact yes. that people are asleep. Correct. They are looking at their TV shows. Yes. They're looking at their smartphones. You have to be aware. It's still a jungle out because there. Because you know who wasn't asleep? That guy on the bike. He was who not was asleep. Watching Kim look at her phone, close it, yep. put it in her pocket, said, oh, she got credit cards in there. Yep. And he went to take it. And luckily, she first of all, those pockets were so deep, it's ballsy that he even yeah. attempted that. Yeah. He would have to go in there to get uh-huh. it. It wasn't bulging out of a back pocket. Uh-huh. He went, he dove in for that shit to the so deep end. tell me about the moment he gave up. I was a step ahead and I didn't turn around because I was just like, the girls were texting. So yeah. I was texting back. And I heard Kim go, no. And I turn around, I see her. So then he goes, fuck you. And she goes, no. Like she wasn't letting the bike leave. Good. 
She Good. wasn't going to let him go. Yeah. And then she got her, she grabbed it from his hand. Right. He had it. And she grabbed it back. And he's like, fuck you. She goes, no. And she grabs it back. Now, mind you, he was probably 5'9", and mm-hmm. she's like 6'2", so yeah. she overpowered him. It was such I a great moment. she could have kicked his ass. Oh, she could have kicked his ass. I was like, don't uh-huh. fuck with a fucking drag queen, uh-huh. bitch. Don't, you got the wrong bitch. And I was like, go, Kim! Like, I was like a cheerleader wow. over on the side of the road. I was so proud of her. But at the same time, it was an eye-opening moment of like, because she was kind of shook, shaken up afterward. She was shooketh. Uh-huh, she was shooketh, um, yeah. And I you was know what like, you'll never see me do? You'll never see me walking down the street looking at a phone. And that's not just to say that I'm better than anyone else. No, I need I it for me. I need... What'd you I, say? No, I am really better than... <laughs> no, that's just a reason why I'm better than you. <laughs> but we were in Copenhagen. This was my... um. This was our map. It was yeah. my phone. Yeah. No, and I had it going... I would look at... I would check things out before I left. Yeah, we did. But that doesn't mean anything. We no, still but, need a turn no, by I turn. Just, I feel very uncomfortable not having my... Sin- not looking where I'm going. And... Is that so wrong? No, that's the first rule of being a human is you have to look where you're going. Right. But there's a difference between face in a map. And what I usually do is put on the directions. It'll say 100 feet, make a left, make a right. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. No, see, I hate that bitch's voice, though. See, I hate it, too. But I have a British man. It helps. Yeah. You know, even in, when I'm you in an Uber. You can put an Australian voice on it. When I'm in an Uber or in a, 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 a town car and the, those people have that voice, the GPS voice on it, I'm like, please turn her off. Please. It's like, yo ass, your job is a driver and you, and I'm just going a mile down Hollywood Boulevard and making a right on, on, uh, wherever Highland. Yeah. You check that shit out before I get in the car. I don't want to hear her saying one, 100 feet to, to, to make a, I can't, but I can't go anywhere without it. So I understand. Yes, you can. A mile. Yes, you can. You did it for years before. No, but I didn't. I didn't, but I didn't. I had, I would print out MapQuest. And what's wrong with that? Well. I don't have to. Uh-huh. I have a GPS system. Well, the, no, the concept of learning where you're going to go before you go and going, oh, okay, yeah, oh, and, the, and make a right here. Uh, okay, yeah. I got it. No. Then I get in the car and I drive there. I mean, I disagree. But at the same time, I will say this. Once I've gone somewhere, I don't use it again. Mm-hmm. Meaning I know where I am. I can figure it out. Is, is Due to the breadcrumbs? Yeah, obviously. Uh-huh. Or the popcorn <laughs> that I left because it's crunchy. <laughs> so, No. <laughs> But you know. I love that story. I want to see that reenacted on a video. When I did to... reenact it for them that night at dinner. I did the full role play. Oh, and since guys, we're on the air. Should, you had your phone there. You should have filmed it. You used your phone for something good for I once. wasn't thinking. I was yeah. literally like, go Cam. Like uh-huh. I didn't know what to do except because I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a fan or I didn't know if somebody had hit her with right, the bike. Right, right. Like I literally didn't know what happened. Yeah. And then when I turned around and saw I was like, oh. And she goes, I just got pickpocketed. When I saw her grab the phone from him, that's uh-huh. when I had realized. And he took off so fast. He took off really fast. So fast. That. And she was like, shooketh. Yeah. So I had to go over and go, you okay, baby? She uh-huh. said, I can't believe that just happened. Oh, my God. I said, don't worry about it. Well, don't I'm just glad it. that she, it, uh, he didn't get away with it. He did not you know? get away. He was the very opposite of getting away with it. But I was proud of her where she wasn't a victim. She stood right. up and said, you know, like when you learn in all those self-defense classes, uh-huh. no, uh-huh. she was so that she was yeah. a very that. And I was really proud of her. Oh my and then, goodness. of course, it was a story to reenact for the entire night. No, you know, even when I go somewhere, go over to somebody's house and they say, oh, can I take your bag? I'm like, no, right. I'm not leaving my bag with nobody. I'm from New York. I'm not going to leave my bag nowhere. As we saw on the Emmys when I was like, you could have yes. left. I would not have taken your shit. Uh-huh. Well, but I promise I wouldn't have taken your shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Unless there was something in there that I wanted. And that's a different No, story. you know, I natu- I'm, I'm Scorpio. I'm naturally skeptical. Scorpio, Same. Virgo skeptical. Too. Same I, I just... I just don't trust people. Same. You know? I'm with you. But at the same time, we did not, I didn't have a bag. She didn't have a wallet. Mm-hmm. Like you don't expect it. These crafty motherfuckers yep. are so good at knowing, oh, you don't need a purse, bitch. I mm-hmm. see that you have something there. Yeah. He saw her wallet phone. And so this is a lesson too. If you use those wallet phones, you know, the ones with the pockets. Right. Just know keeping your credit cards, even though that's what they're for, mm-hmm, in there mm-hmm. might not be the best idea. Now, in here, and here's my smartphone. I have my bus pass right here. That's fine. But it is void. I, <laughs> you know, I may I went downtown to to a protest of you know the orange uh-huh, menace, uh-huh. and the orange menace. I it was so um, I did it so fast that I made a mistake. In L.A., they they just try to ruin you. Um, I got the seven day bus pass. Yeah. Which instead allows, of instead of a credit where you have, say, twenty five dollars. Like an oyster card in the UK. So each time you go on the tube, you have X amount of dollars left. Exactly. So years expired. Mine expired. Because I, I, I went there and I came back. And of course, there's no way to undo that. But th- at the time you buy the, the thing, there's the train is coming, and you're like, oh shit, Rushing. let me just yeah. do it. Uh, when you have a metro pass in New York, because last time I took the train, I had I had tokens. Uh, oh, shit, girl. Uh, uh, I had tokens, girl. Yeah. Um, the Metro Passes were starting to come yeah. around, but... Um, I have I was my Metro a... Pass right here, and I still have... I'll be in New York this weekend, I'm actually. a token girl. But do you... Do you... Um, can you... Like an Oyster card, can you just re-upping it? Yep. You I just add get, money I, to this it. This one here. I think I have... I have about $20 They're on paper? that. We haven't even moved to plastic? That's, no, that's plastic. It is? Yeah. Oh, it feels like it's paper. It's, so it's, you take I think the train or the bus? It's a laminated covered plastic uh, paper very thin very thin i take the train in new york and the only bus i catch in new york is the crosstown bus from the west village to east or east to the west i switched um very late in my new york career to buses i was just so over every train being fucking delayed broken in the paper just now they're they're having a big problem with that right now i think because obviously because the path trains derailed recently so that's backed everything up and then in the city, I saw a picture in the New York Times the other day where there were people, so many people on the platform. Like, I've never seen that many people on the platform. That's what I'm talking something's about. Something's happening. I don't know what, what changed, but something's happening. And then next year, I think 2019 or 28, one of those, the L train is going to stop going to Canarsie. And that's a problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. But this problem. is what I'm saying. This was already starting when I left, which was... To, uh, to I think wasn't Eisenhower. Eisenhower. <laughs> Me and Mamie, we went to yeah, high school together. Yeah, right. But at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to start taking buses. Not that they're any better, but I was starting to get that anxiety to being underground, and right. it was a lot easier for me being above ground. Although some crazy motherfuckers were on them buses too. Right. But everybody knows uh, uh, Joella. What's your name? My name's Michelle. Javel. Oh, Javel. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows that you are the Rosa Parks of uh, which you know, community. Which pick one of the drag community? Yes, you yes. are the Rosa Parks. Of Who the did drag you community. say that was? Who did you say? I said uh, that girl, that uh, blonde uh, Republican lady, Ann Coulter. Yes, that was beautiful. Yes, and it was beautiful. She, that she's what a, a fucking mess that one. Oh is. my god, yeah. what motivates a person to be that? To be shut down? To say no, no, no to everything? Um, I'll tell you what, uh, money. So she gets money for being. That's a what cunt. I think. You yeah. know what? I, that's a, you know what? 
No, those people don't really believe that. No. They it's, really... It, Katie Hopkins in the yeah. UK is the same way. Ann Coulter here. Even yeah. Milo. The reason they do it is they're making headlines mm -hmm. and they're getting paid. That's right. So the more they do it, I don't know if they necessarily believe it or not believe it, but at the end of the day, because I know with Katie Hopkins, when I was in CBB with her, that's not who she is. But to me, in my mind, you could disagree, it's worse because it's blood money. Right. You're getting paid to be a cantankerous asshole. Yeah. And you're also putting yourself on the line to be killed. Sure. You know what I mean? You're putting yourself in the firing lines. Yeah. And it's not worth it for your blood money. Right. They're they're praying selling your soul. They're preying on the fear and ignorance yes. of other assholes. And that's worse or at least equal with actually believing. Right. Right. I think it's worse because you're faking the funk. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Hey, so we we're gonna have a really special guest coming up. Oh, I'm right so excited now. about oh, this. Oh my goodness. I just love this guy. So I've known him for years and years. He's really lovely. Randall Kleiser is the director of Grease, and we're going to have him on our show right after yes. this break. Hey, Michelle, let's talk about Squarespace. SpongeBob Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I love Squarespace? Why? Because they've taken something that is really had been very confusing, and they've turned it into something very easy to navigate. And that's the key word, navigation. If you want to make a website, you got to go to Squarespace Child because they make it so easy with their simplistic drag and drop platform. Yes. I love a drag and drop platform. Now, Me when too. you're ready to purchase a plan, get 10% off with the offer code RUE. That's squarespace.com offer code are you. you. We are here, Michelle. We've got a very special guest. Very exciting. We've been trying to get him on the show for a long time, yes. you know? And, uh, you know, I have my own special reasons, and I, which I'm going to tell you about. Uh -huh. He is the director, no, no tea, no shade. He's the director of my second favorite movie of yes. all time. My first is The Wizard of Oz. Ah. My second Favorite movie of all time. I've seen a lot of films. Oh, I know. I've and seen I know a lot. Them. I've seen them all. Yes. Is Grease. Yes. Randall Kleiser is here. Hello, hello. Randall Kleiser, my goodness. And not only that, I mean, he's got a long roster of great films. Mm -hmm. Blue Lagoon. One of my favorites, along with It's My Party, another one of my favorites. Yes, it's my, and I just saw Summer Lovers just this year for the first time uh -huh. ever. Because I went to Santorini, uh, was it this year or last year? I don't remember. Did you go to Santorini? Santorini, yes. Beautiful. Man. Now, Randall Kleiser, how many people walk up to you and say, Grease is my favorite film, or my second favorite film of all time. <laughs> Most of them say it's my first favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but what's strange is that all over the world, people of all ages seem to still like that movie, and it's been 40 years now. 40 years? Next year, yeah. We're going to have a, a Paramount's planning some kind of a thing. I'm not quite sure what. We're, yeah. we're having meetings about it to see what we're going to do. Yeah. But uh, not sure how we're going to celebrate 40 years. I did the 25th anniversary on v, um, VH1. Oh, yeah? Yes. I did the red carpet. Ah. And that felt like it was yesterday. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we're already on 40. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But it's also one of those movies that when it's on, there's not many. But when it's on, which is a lot, you cannot turn away. Listen, I've heard that, yeah. I will watch it any time of day at any moment. Bible. I will watch it at all the times. Now, tell me, now um, nowadays, directors get get points on pictures. They get back in and all that. Mm -hmm. Did you make that deal when you made this movie? I had a choice of either uh, having a certain amount of money to direct it or taking a point. Mm -hmm. A point? Yes, one point. Yeah. What did you do? I took the point. Wow! Yeah! 
What told you to take the point? My agent, Joel Dean, who unfortunately just passed away, but he he was the guy who said, hey, you know, this might work, so you better do that. So I did. That is great advice. And I got to tell you, you know, we were coming up with um, guests, a list of guests to have on the show. Mm -hmm. And on my list was Joel Dean. When did he pass away? Uh, About uh, maybe a month ago. Really? How about that? I know. Because when I went to your house for that reading of last year, a couple of years ago, whatever, uh, he gave me, it was my first Uber ride. My first Uber ride was to Randall Kleiser's house in the hills. Yes. And... uh, so and he lives in a kind of a remote place. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna have to find a ride home from the house. Yeah. And it was Joel Dean. Oh, he took you. Off. Yeah. And on the way home, Joel Dean told me some great stories about Hollywood. Mm. He yeah. was everyone's agent. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Faye Dunaway's and uh, uh, I forget who else. Uh, he Mark was. Um, uh, do, we, do we need anybody else? It's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He said he gave. Um, um, uh, he gave. Knott's Landing, her Which, name. Donna Mills. Donna Mills. Yes. He named her Donna right. Mills. Yep, yep, yep. And I think, was it was he also Michelle Lee's? Uh... Yes, he was. And Bruce Davison and Barbara Rush. Wow. And Bruce uh, Davison was in my master's thesis at USC, and thanks to Joel. And then he also got Barbara Rush into it. So I was doing this, I was a nobody who was a, at USC film school making my master's thesis, and I had these stars in my movie. And that's what got the attention of Universal and got me started. Wow. And what I'm, I'm going to have you get closer to the yes. microphone. What, and so, what was your first big Hollywood film? Well, my first job in Hollywood was um, uh, Marcus Welby, MD. Love oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> With Consuelo. Yes, I have a story about Consuelo. But are, are we allowed to curse on this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, she just died, actually. Oh, did she? Yeah, Consuelo oh, just that's died. Sad yeah. Because yeah. you know, I'm, I, 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 my first day on the set. I had never been on a soundstage as a director before, and there was like this 40 men standing around who had been shooting movies for years and years, and and I was at Universal Studios filming a close-up of Consuela, Mm -hmm. and I knew that I had to say out loud in front of this crew of professionals, action and cut. Those are the two things I had to say. Uh So they rolled the camera, and I was so nervous that I combined them, and I said, cunt! And Consuelo said, I've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs> I turned purple. Oh. And the crew was all laughing at me. Oh, yeah. that is hilarious. Now, that's a way to break the ice. It yeah. certainly is. Now, Consuela played Marcus Welby, MD's nurse. That's his, right. And she was a Latin actress, and she was one of the first lead Latin actresses on a television series, mm-hmm. an hour drama like that. I don't know her her real name. I'll find it out as okay. you guys talk. Yeah, ah, but it's interesting. You know, uh, these kinds of stories are so interesting about Hollywood, <laughs> and you know, a lot of them get lost <sighs> with. Joel yeah. Dean and mm-hmm. uh, and I was was really excited to have him on the show. I'm, have you have you ever met Michael Black? No, Michael Black. Michael Black is a uh, a manager who has so many stories that he, if you brought him in here, he's he's like at any cocktail party he goes to, he just holds the crowd. Is he still in the business? He's still in the business, and he is the perfect guy to have on your show. I I will look him up um, now. Um, Michael Black is. Um, uh, the uh, manager to everybody you ever heard of, including really? I think he managed Betty Davis at one time. That's incredible. Got great stories about her and uh, and everybody. He's got stories about everybody, and they're very funny. 
All right, so now okay. I have a few questions yeah. for you about everything, but first I want to start with um, the, 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 the the last scene in Greece, okay? okay before we get into Greece, okay, yeah. uh, her name was Elena Verdugo. Oh, Elena du yeah. Ver Elena right. Verdugo. That's Verdugo. Verdugo. Right. And does it Consuelo say when she died? Lopez. When did she die? Like two weeks ago? Uh, um, shall I look? Yeah, look. Okay. Because I, I feel like I just read about it two weeks ago. Um, oh. She died May 30th. May 30th. Wow. Yes. She was 92, bless her heart. Oh, my goodness. So she had a good life. Yeah. yeah nice lady. Yeah. Now, okay. Right, on to Greece. On to Greece. Yes. Okay. And I have lots of uh, lots of questions. Shocking. Now, this, the scene at the, the, the graduation <laughs> carnival scene, yeah. when all that stuff happened, where is that film? Because I see some hills in the background, and forever, for the past 40 years, oh, I've been wow. trying to figure out, where is that? Well, if you look carefully, when uh, Rizzo gets off the... Uh, Ferris wheel and says, I'm not pregnant. Uh -huh. Right exactly behind her is the um, Griffith Park Observatory. Really? Yes. So it's in Griffith Park? No, it's at John Marshall High School down in uh, um, down in Echo Park area. Uh-huh. And in the background you can see... Um, so the, all the, of that is done, all of that outdoor scene, which is, tell me about it, Stud, that's yeah. all at John Marshall High School? In the football field, yeah. I wow. see. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, my favorite shot in the movie, and I re-roll it back and <laughs> all the time. I re I used to rewind it back when you had to rewind right. things. Be kind, rewind. Yes. yes. Um, it's in the song, you know, it's in the, we go together like, it's at the breakdown where John Travolta and Olivia and John, it's an empty frame. And oh, jump into it? they jump into yeah. it from some lift somewhere. And she right. goes, oh, my Bobby, do I? Oh, bam, bam, bam. With their shoes in their hands. And they run away from the camera. Uh -huh. It is my, I can't tell you how many times I have rewound that. Do you understand why I love that shot? It's completely ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know the shot I'm talking about? Yeah. I do. There's a lot of shots in that film that stick out. Um, the scene where she's, um, you know, after the whole thing and she's becoming, right before she becomes you mean the bad she, girl. You when she becomes a whore. Right before when she, she becomes, a, right before she becomes oh, the whore. Oh, it's and down in the sitting, L.A. Sandy, you must oh, yeah. find uh -huh. a new... Yeah. Yeah. And she's sitting there and just the way, the light, everything on her, yeah. every time that, that happens, it's always, like, I sit there with mouth agape. <laughs> yeah. I love that shot, too. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Now, yeah. Now he jumped off of a little, I think it was like a... Um, just apple a bench, a bench. Uh huh. I jumped off a bench. And she's that's that's, uh, that's all um, Pat Birch. Pat Birch, who did she's so part two, who did the sequel. Really good choreographer. Yeah, she's an incredible choreographer. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I see things in the movie all the time in the choreography where the dancers at one point they're sort of walking around like ducks. They're like that's, they're doing the yes, 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 yes. That was her uh, uh, her tribute to the twenty dancers that we had throughout the movie, D one through twenty, we called them, and. She wanted to give them a little moment at the end, and that's what that was about, the Charlie Chaplin thing. That was yeah. just a moment for them. Yeah. When's the last time you saw the film? Oh, I think I saw it, uh, geez, I don't know, at some festival. They're always dragging me out to festivals. <laughs> Do you see things in it every time that you've maybe uh, forgotten about? Uh, I really, I watch the audience mostly because uh -huh. I like to see what what. what triggers them and where they're laughing and all that so do you did you get final cut you know i was this is my first movie so no i did not get final cut and as a matter of fact there were things i would have changed that probably would have made it worse <laughs> like what <laughs> like the title song oh the grease the bg's yeah. song yeah. i'm come here let me slap you real uh -huh. quick 
Oh my God. Well, you know, we wrote another song that, that all that was animated to. The whole animated opening was done to a different song. By Louis St. Louis? No, it was by Bradford Craig. Uh-huh. And it was all about the 50s. Yeah. And uh, then they animated all the, the whole show to that. Uh-huh. All the cuts happened on the beats of the song and everything. And at the last minute, Robert Stigwood said, hey, we have this Bee Gees song we'd like to put in. And I said, well, wait, we've animated it to this other song. And I said, well, let's just slap it together and see what happens. And yeah. so they slapped it together, and that's what you see. My goodness. <laughs> and a, cl- a classic is born. Yeah. yeah. And who and, wrote, Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey uh, wrote. No, that was written by Barry Gibb. Well, that one, but the rest of the score was uh, by... A lot of it was, well, yeah. Well, yeah, a, a lot of it was from the from the stage show. Correct. But then, of course, uh, you know, um, John Farrar wrote, wrote... the additionals. Well, he wrote um, Hopelessly Devoted. Which, yeah. tell the story of Hopelessly Devoted, because that uh, that was not originally in the film, was no, it? No, no, there were several, movies, several songs that weren't in the film. Um, that was, uh, you know, when Olivia signed on to do it, she had in her contract a, a solo. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the songs that were in the show, there was none that, that were right for her. So John wrote this sh- uh, song, Hopelessly Devoted to You, during the production. There was no place, we didn't have any place in the script for it. It was just, you know, here's the song, find a place to put it <laughs> while we're shooting, you know, which is very unusual for a musical because normally you have everything planned way, way in advance. As a matter of fact, before I started shooting Grease, I um, met with Robert Wise, who said uh, I shouldn't do it because I didn't have enough prep time. Robert Wise, of course, from Sound uh, of Music and West Side and Story. And West Side Story, and yes. His, his advice was don't do this movie. <laughs> don't do really? the movie at, at all. all. Because there was not enough prep time. How much prep time did you have? Uh, probably about a couple months. But he said you need a couple years. Because <laughs> the way he did movies, you yeah. know, he did. But yeah. anyhow, so we had we were in the middle of shooting and I get this song and it was on a um, uh, cassette. I didn't I didn't know what it was like, how, how you listen to a, uh, a demo. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I said, well, wow, it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of country western to me. Right. right. And uh, Olivia said, well, I love it. And I said, oh, well, I guess we'll figure a place for it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so we thought, well, where can we put it? And and then we thought, well, how about between um, after, uh, look at me, I'm Sandra D. If, if she went out into her backyard, maybe. And so the last day of shooting, they quickly built a set in the backyard, and we went and shot it in one shot. And you tacked it on to the um, uh, the um, after. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's almost all... replaced, and this might seem like a novice question, but because the musical has songs that the movie doesn't, uh-huh. I, I feel like Hopelessly Devoted replaced like Freddie My Love, and yes. and uh-huh. who chooses that song is not going to make it to the movie. Well, Alan Carr was very instrumental in um, in every aspect of, of Greece, and um, you know, we had Robert Stigwood and we had Bill Oakes, who was a music supervisor, and you know, there's a big crowd of people all, all making these decisions. And um, I'm glad that I was outvoted on the title sequence because, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was fun to be driving around in 1978 in my... In my um, Ford LTD? It was like, I think it was some kind of a uh, convertible listening. To, uh, every time I changed the channel, there was It was on everywhere. <laughs> it was the number one song. Number one song, Frankie Valley. Yep. Brilliant. And so, right, so you, on the last day of shooting, you shot Hopelessly Devoted. That's right. Uh, you didn't have to come back and, and no, do it. No, no, it was all planned. But I mean, it was it was just thrown together very quickly, and they built that set, like, overnight. I, I said, well, what about a, a, 
backyard set. Boom, it was there. Yeah. That's, wow. That's what it's like working at a big studio. Wow. Amazing. Now, you mentioned Alan Carr, who is the producer of mm -hmm. the film. There's a new documentary mm -hmm. out about his life. What's it called? It's called The Fabulous Alan Carr, and it's directed by Jeffrey Schwartz, who did the one on Tab Hunter mm -hmm. and a couple other people. And it's, uh, it really captures Alan, his ups and downs, because he had some real ups and real downs. Well, I remember I, on the Mike Douglas show, they did a special on Greece before mm -hmm. the movie came out. Mm -hmm. And I think Mike Douglas, a talk show host, uh, brought up the fact that Alan Carr had had his jaws wired shut so that he could lose weight. Mm. And he was famous for wearing caftans. I haven't seen... Let's do that. Let's. I'd <laughs> love to do that. that. Sounds great. Yeah, and just get an interpreter. Uh, let's do it. You but know, you know and at the 25th anniversary, I got a chance to interview him. Oh, You're you kidding. No, I did. I got a chance to interview him, and he was in... A caftan. A caftan. How fabulous. It made me so happy. Yeah, yeah but the big problem was that he then drank milkshakes through the... Through the straw. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. That defeats right. the purpose. What did, how did, how, did you know him during the wired shut mouth thing? Um... I don't think I saw him during that period, um, but uh, uh, yeah, he struggled with weight his whole life. He even went to Mexico and had um, surgeries, and he, his, he had all kinds of scars. Mm. Uh, it was it was very when, tough. When did he actually die? Wow! Uh, I mean, God, this it's whole been a while. This whole yeah. show is being about every, who died. Uh, you yeah. guys talk. I'll look that up. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's better. I can't remember. <laughs> because my brain, my brain. Yeah. Gone. So, all right. So, Alan Carr was the producer, mm -hmm. and um, is he the one who hired you? Well, yes, uh, but you know, I I think John Travolta had a lot to do with it because I had just directed him in Boy in the Plastic. That's Girl. right. Yes. I couldn't remember. That was yes. the one that put you on the map. And by the mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. should be. Redone. I just talked about this on Twitter yeah. literally a month ago. Really? Because oh. they're redoing all these things. I feel like that mm. one should be redone. Always, it's one of my favorites. You know what? I always wondered uh, when I when when AIDS started to come around, why they didn't try that with AIDS. You know, because right. if you're in a bubble like that and you can't get any kind of infections, maybe that would be a way for before the all the great meds came along a way to keep people alive right right and boy in the plastic bubble was a tv movie on abc mm -hmm. um uh john, john travolta, travolta was at the height of well not that he, he gotten bigger from there but yeah. he had become a big star on uh, welcome, welcome back, back cotter, cotter. Right. and then he got this tv movie with diana hyland who was his girlfriend at the time she was in no, that movie. actually she was hired uh, she was cast as his mother uh-huh and then they fell in love and so at the premiere of uh, Car Carrie, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Carrie. I saw the two of them together. I said, what are you two doing together? And they said, well, we're going out together. I went, what? Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Alan Carr died in 99. In wow. 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did he did he go, did he go? continue to produce films after that? Well, yes, he did uh, Grease 2 and You Can't Stop the Music and Where the Boys Are 84. Right. Uh, so none of them really took off. But then he did have a big success with La Caja Full on Broadway. That's mm. right. Yes. He was yes. That was that. a sort of comeback. Now, we're going to go uh, to a break real quick. Uh, we've got Randall Kleiser. But I want to ask you real quick, why did you not direct Grease 2? I was doing Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. I love Blue Lagoon. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to talk all about Blue Lagoon when we come back with Randall Kleiser. Now, Michelle, the Blue Apron is just revolutionized the whole sending food to your house game. Food box subscription. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Food boxes? It's so delicious. And I know you live for it. Live for it. It's so easy. I live for it because it's a, a it's fun to cook. Yeah. B the recipes I never would have came up with. C my kids like it. And that is the thing with blue apron. They have the meals that the kids like and the adults like obviously, but when you're trying to feed two teenage girls, 
You got to give them what they like. Yeah, plus, plus you live out in the boonies. Okay, Where, girl. How far is the nearest grocery store for you? Okay, there's a Rouse at the corner. <laughs> Take it easy. Whole Foods is like well, 10 minutes well, away. No, that's what I was thinking, though. But for a lot of people who live very far from the grocery store, Blue Apron is a lifesaver. Yes, this absolutely would be a lifesaver for them. <laughs> I happen to live in civilization, but that's okay. But anyway, Blue Apron, they deliver seasonal recipes along with the pre-portioned ingredients, which matters to me because I don't have to worry about it. Then you have to take a tablespoon out. No, just dump the envelope oh, in it's there. Already it's already measured. Done. Yes. Okay. It's all done. It's delicious. It's home-cooked meals. They know that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you're going to make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for your community of 150 artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, ranchers. Now, listen, I told you about those chili cheese fries coming up. They also have some um, seared chicken and roasted fall vegetables with caper butter pan sauce. Ooh, that sounds so good. Black bean and cheese tortas with roasted broccoli and lime sour cream. Mm. How about sweet pepper chicken with bok choy and rice? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. And, honey, the picture that they had of that one, I was like, ooh, I don't even eat meat. And I was like, this looks good. New recipes are created weekly, are not repeated within a year. So choose your meals from a variety of recipes or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Obviously, you can customize your recipes because they're like if you open up the app or go um, on the website. If you don't like the two that they choose for you, just go into edit recipes and then you could put other ones in and switch them okay. out. All so right. it's really, really great. You guys get $30 off your first meal with free shipping. Free shipping. Your step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe is going to be in there. And the pre-portioned, I was going to say pre-proportioned, but Uh that's uh one. Ingredients that Rue gets really happy about can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Go to blueapron.com slash Rue for 30 bucks off your first meal. Blueapron.com slash RU. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Well, we are back with Randall Kleiser. We're talking about Blue Lagoon yes! right now. Uh, you're telling, you're saying the story that many people figured out that they were gay after or, they saw, or or just or or, or uh, straight, or I mean, it was like. It was a movie that made them decide, okay, there's column A and there's column B, which do I like? Yeah, oh, right, because Brooke Shields, right. Brooke Shields yeah. and sure. Christopher Atkins, and they were both, uh, I mean, I don't want to say in their prime because that's awful, but they were just flawless. <laughs> so gorgeous. Every single, and the way you shot it. Beautifully yeah. shot. That was Nestor Almendros who got an Oscar nomination for that. For that film. Beautifully yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I know there was obviously a lot of controversy surrounding the movie mm-hmm. before, after, and during uh, it's why uh, though because feeling... she was so young. They was that were young, what it was? and, they, and uh, it was and basically there's incest going on because the kids, their brother they're, and sister, cousin, no, cousins. no, no, yeah, and then they have a baby, and... mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I love how you said that. They have a baby. They have a baby. <laughs> I was Celine Dion from. <laughs> The book was written in 1895 by an English writer named Henry de Beer Stackpole. And back then, being with cousins was natural. Maybe. That's I don't know. Mm. But but the point is that the book was sort of written in an innocent way, but it was all that was the story. And um, uh, the, the movie was made once in 1946, I think, with uh, um, Gene Simmons. Really? And they took out all the sexuality, most of it, and they added a subplot of some guys coming to the island to force the boy to, to dive at gunpoint for pearls because mm-hmm. they had to fill out the story. But mm-hmm. but we went back to the original book and tried to explore what it would be like to grow up on an island when you have no no information about and, how to 
do anything. And yeah. I want people to know that was Gene Simmons, the woman, not Gene Simmons from Kiss. Now, that would have been an interesting <laughs> Very movie. Very interesting, but our listeners need to know <laughs> yes. that there was a woman actress. That's a great yeah, idea. A brilliant. J-E-A-N. Yes, a brilliant yes. woman actress, Gene Simmons. Fabulous. Woman actress. Uh-huh. Now, so with, with Blue Lagoon, which was mm-hmm. an enormous hit, um, who was the producer on that? Who hired you for that? Well, actually, that was a movie I started. Um, oh wow! And even before Grease, I took Grease, I took Blue Lagoon to Alan Carr and said, "This is a movie I want to make." And uh, and he said, well, "Well, why don't you do Grease?" And so, instead, then I afterwards I wanted to do that, and it took me a long time to get the money to do it because every studio turned it down because they said nobody wants to watch a movie with just two people in it. Mm-hmm. And so, I went round and round and round, and finally Frank Price at Universal, who gave me my first break on Mel- Marcus Welby. Stepped up to the plate and said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fund it." It was a four million dollar budget, and um, we had a lot of casting problems because mm-hmm. um, I had originally Willie Ames and Diane Lane were signed to do it. Oh, wow. I loved Willie Ames. Yeah, and the week before we started shooting, they called up and said, "We we don't want to do the nudity." Mm-hmm. And so both of them, they 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 got together and said, "I think so." Yeah, and and so I suddenly had no cast, and um, so I had to figure out what to do. I originally wanted Brooke, but Willie was shorter than Brooke, and I didn't think that would work. Right. So um, I, I, I immediately signed Brooke uh, and then tried to find a tall boy. Yeah. <laughs> and we flew to New York uh, to look at actors, and because um, we had a crew waiting in Fiji uh, <clears throat> to start shooting Monday, and it was a Friday. You are kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and uh, so I flew to New York. Um, we pulled out all the tapes that we had, that uh, people that we had seen. And um, I also was so desperate that I got all my friends and said, let's everyone meet, go to Central Park, find any tall blonde boy you can find, and it, we're gonna and we're gonna meet at Columbus Circle, and we're gonna tape them and see if we can find somebody stop to Stop it. And you, so you were traipsing through the rambles. Well, unfortunately. <laughs> a leading man. You know what? And you found me! <laughs> no, you kidding. know what? It was Puerto Rican day. Of oh, yeah! Oh, that's hot. So there were no blonde boys in the Very in the different movie. <laughs> so how did you find him? Well, we went through the tapes, we found Chris Atkins, who had like a pompadour and a hairstyle that was very, 80s uh-huh. and we said what if we took his hair and frizzed it and made him like and that's how it happened and we, wow. we just we and he got the job three days before he was yes. flown to uh-huh. fiji that yeah. is outrageous and uh uh yeah he i think he how arrived in the script how do you do that well there was there's not a lot of dialogue well true <laughs> but but all the investors i mean how do you bank on someone who you just and the chemistry you don't even know if the chemistry is going to be there you know what um to, uh, frank price said to me when i had these problems i said what am i going to do what am i going to they dropped out what do i do I said, I said, frank said you know on monday when the cameras are rolling i i have confidence that you'll have two people in front of it yeah Right, <laughs> he had. That's he, all you can, he, he that's ga- it. No, he gave me the. You know, he, he he backed me. You know, it was great. So I, it's my instinct to somehow make it happen. And and a, a classic was born. <laughs> I mean, it was a a, a cultural phenomenon. This mm. movie, and um, actually, it still holds water today. You know, holds water. That's funny. 
Yeah, well, yeah, no pun intended <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, um, where are you from originally? Uh, I come from Rosemont, Pennsylvania. Uh, Where's that from? Is that Radnor Amish High. country? Uh, sort of. It's near Philadelphia, but, you know, I was born We in always the... assume it's Amish country, yeah. but it's not Philadelphia or Scranton. <laughs> yeah, well, I it's was Amish. born in Amish country, but I'm not Amish, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, because is that near, what's that mall that I love? Um, uh, uh, King of Prussia. Right, yeah. King of Prussia. Yeah. I was going yeah. Is it near there? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, are your family still there? My parents are in uh, Lancaster in the Amish country. That's it, Amish country. That yeah, is Amish. Funnel cakes for there. everyone. Yeah. And, and USC brought you out here. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted to go there badly, and uh, when I arrived, uh, it was a time when nobody had ever gone from film school into the movie business. That mm -hmm. we were told as students that there's no way we would get in unless we were uh, unless we knew someone or were related to someone. So what they tell you to do? Well, they said we'll end up doing educational films or industrial films or huh. commercials or, or porn. <laughs> yeah, porn, right? Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, our whole class just, it was during the changing of the guard uh -huh. when, when uh, the old studio system sort of collapsed and, and well, not collapsed, but it, it changed to independent movies and movies directed toward young people. Mm. And who was in your class? Well, my roommate was George Lucas. What? Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. And John Milius and John Carpenter and Caleb Deschanel and Matt Robbins and Hal Barwood. Uh, These are huge names. Yes. Everybody went on to do really good stuff. It was an amazing class. Yeah. And, and I guess, did you guys ever have a reunion and say, hey, look at us? <laughs> yeah. When, <laughs> when Star Wars came out, I had a party for George at my house and a lot of everybody came back. And... Did you serve Obi-Wan cannolis? <laughs> 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 that was fast. Thank you. That was very fast. That's why I make the big bucks, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, that is really crazy. Now, going to USC, did you actually learn the fundamentals of absolutely yes we had great teachers really really wonderful teachers my favorite was nina fosh oh nina fosh the, the casting director no no nina oh the actress, the actress from yes. right from uh, american in paris and mahogany and, oh yeah and also uh, the ten commandments my yes my favorite movie. she plays ruth no she plays oh, bithia yes the you mother know that of Moses. my 15 year old daughter when she was six was obsessed with the Ten Commandments. Oh, I am too. Couldn't find it anywhere. Still to this day, watches. What? I had to oh. find a bootleg copy of a DVD uh -huh. on eBay because they only, they didn't have it. They didn't, and it didn't, it only ran like on Easter or whatever they right, run it. Right, She still watches. She, oh, it's lovely. Look, but how does a six-year-old connect? She connected with the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh -huh. and the Ten Commandments. You could not be more <laughs> polar opposite. There was something about both of those yeah. that spoke to her. Maybe and she's like Joan of Arc or something. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe she's the Song of Bernadette. Maybe she is, but I understand that. That I mean, we brought it up. But. See, I'm the same way, though, Michelle, but I'm that way about um, Biggie Small's The Ten Crack Commandments. I'm on that, too. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love yeah. that yeah. one. Uh, rule number two, don't get high on your own supply. Amen. Mm, that's right. Mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> But Nina was the best teacher that I ever had. I learned everything from her, and so much so that I tried to get her to to record her class, and we did. We we, we George put up money to uh, uh, film 15 weeks of her class, and it's now on a DVD uh, and a website. Nina, You're kidding. Nina, oh, so people can buy it. Yeah, ninafoshproject.com. How do you spell Fosh? F-O-C-H. And it's, it's really the best teaching tool for actors and directors that I know of. I think I'm very proud that we got to... to to record her. And so, so obviously, uh, she's a great actress, and mm. that makes sense, but how did that benefit a director? 
Well, she studied with Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler, and she was directed by Vincent Minnelli and Otto Preminger and all these people. So she put, and she was extremely smart. She put it all together into her own way of teaching, mm -hmm. and uh, she did it from the point of view of the actor and the director, and all about partnering, all, uh, even down to things that you do the night before. One of her things was, the night before you start shooting as a director, you think about the um, the next day's work. Do not make love, and then think about it. You. If you want to make love, do it first, then think about it. <laughs> I mean, uh -huh. Things like right. very, very, you know, the practical stuff, the things about the 10-minute nap during lunch and how you set an alarm so that the AD, you don't not thinking that you're worried about the AD forgetting, all kinds of little tips like right. that in addition to how you direct actors. Yeah. Brilliant. And you've directed some of the greatest actors oh, in yeah. Hollywood. It's it's kind of crazy. Did you ever work with Nina Fosh? Oh, yeah. I, I got her on a couple projects, and it was so exciting to be directing my teacher. In that <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah. But my favorite actor I ever worked with was Sir John Gielgud. Ooh, what did you work was, with him on? It was a movie called Getting It Right. It was a, a, a very funny movie that was sort of like Morgan Alfie Darling from the 60s, uh -huh. the 60s movie. I, I found this a, a novel that was like those, and I got to go. And, and shoot with all English actors, Helen Barnum Carter and Lynn Redgrave. And wow. It was great. And it's a very, uh, you know, it's hard to find, but getting it right, one of my favorites. So now, of course, you talked about Nina Fosh giving you a great foundation to start mm. your career mm. with. Now, if you were in that same position, what advice do you have for directors today, um, aside from getting the Nina Fosh DVD, which I guess you can get on Amazon? Uh, yes, on Amazon. or What's it called again? Um, well, the best, the Nina Fosh course for filmmakers and actors, but I think ninafoshproject.com is the best place to oh. see it because you can get like an online version too. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so, so what uh, advice do you have for people who want to direct Olivia Newton-John turning uh, into a prostitute? Exactly. I think a lot of kids are already doing it and that is to make shorts with their iPhones and post them on YouTube and then my advice always is to make a card with their f picture on it and their uh, YouTube channel or their website, mm -hmm. and and give that card to anybody they think can help them. Right. Because that way, uh, most people can. Ha well, everybody has a way to get to the internet, and you can see these streaming shorts. Does not having a gag reflex help you <laughs> in Hollywood? <laughs> Got me here. <laughs> You know, that's a legend that I guess people say. I, I've never seen it really work. <laughs> you know, I think uh, that's a lot of... Um, uh, yeah. Malarkey. Malarkey. Yes. Good, good one, yeah. We're going to go to a break in a minute, but I just, I want to talk a little bit. I'm going to go back to Greece for just oh, a minute. Oh, you do? <laughs> Why would you ever want to do that? Well, but the part of the reason this movie is such, uh, so iconic and so much fun to watch is that for lovers of the irreverent, it's it's got a, a the movie is filled with wink wink nudge mm, nudge the yeah. whole time. Who's responsible for that that element and getting it so right? Well, I think a combination of uh, Alan and Bronte and me. Who's Bronte? Uh, Bronte was the guy who wrote the original script, uh, <clears throat> wrote the screenplay adaption. I see, and he threw a lot of that stuff in. But things like uh, with relish, that was one. Of mine. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <one of> mine. <laughs> and what's the what's the Patty Simcock line? She's, yeah, is that that is the Patty Simcock line? No, that's uh, that was Rizzo said that. Oh no, she, oh, I, right. The no, Patty Kim Simcock line is um um. It's the it's the, the very most, and those was. To say the very least, yeah. <laughs> you know that there's a lot of and, those. So and our casting director Joel Thurm came up with uh, with the worst reputation on Cha Cha. You know, I love that. I love that. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. All right, and we're going to... of course, Eve Arden, Dodie Goodman. I mean, these... Oh, man. We, uh, it goes on yes, and on. Yes, yes, yes. I was just explaining mm -hmm. to someone just the other day about um, when I'm on Drag Race, I'm doing a combination of Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest and... Uh, and Eve, Eve Arden, Arden oh, because of the way she articulates. Yes, that when I'm on, when I, you know, some of the lines I say on uh -huh. Drag Race, I'm actually doing Eve Arden. I'm doing it right now. But Eve Arden, I also, uh, and I don't know what genera generationally, uh, who was first. But B. Arthur is also very Eve Arden. Right. I right. grew up watching the. Um, um, what was the name? My Joan. I married Joan. No, no, was, the Eve uh, Arden show. Uh, um, uh, Armis Brooks. That's it. Yeah, Our, where she played the the teacher. Yes, and then we made her the principal. So yes, so yeah. brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. We've got Randall Kleiser here, and we got lots to talk about. Hey, Michelle, let's talk about Squarespace. Okay. You know, we get so many great emails at RuPaulPodcast at gmail .com about. Those beautiful Squarespace websites. The gorgeous kids out there who listen to our podcast are making their websites with Squarespace. And yep. sending us letters yep. uh, talking about it. It's brilliant. Yep. Can I read one? Please do. Great. So you guys can keep sending them to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. That's RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your Squarespace website. This one today says, Hi, Ru and Michelle. My name is Josh. I'm a huge fan of What's the Tea, Deadly Manners, and RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. Thank you for the plug there, John. Yeah. Um, I was constantly hearing how great Squarespace is, so I decided to check it out. After easily navigating through the website, I encouraged my boyfriend to use Squarespace to create a website to showcase himself and his art. His website is henryvolmecki.com. Henryvolmecki, V-O-E-L-L-M-E-C-K-E.com. Squarespace has made it easy and affordable for him to create his own unique website. Thank you guys so much for letting us know about Squarespace. Love yourself. Josh Gutierrez. Oh, that's very sweet. Now, guys, when you go to Squarespace, you can get a free trial with no credit card required just yep. by going to squarespace.com. And when you're blown away and ready to confirm a plan, use the offer code RU to get 10% off. It's a great, great thing. Go there right now, why don't ya? We are back with Randall <laughs> Kleiser. We're talking about the movie Grease and, and Blue Lagoon. He's the director of all these classic films, Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Which, you know, I didn't even, we didn't even talk about that before we before Randall came in. Right. Because that was really an obsession of mine. And mm -hmm. was that, was what, it what an after of an school obsession? special or was it a uh, ABC TV? It was ABC movie. TV okay. of the week, yes. Yeah. So when, when they used to show them at night. Right. Yes. Uh -huh. Um. Well, John Travolta, like we, we touched on earlier, was at the height of his career. But I remember seeing He was at the it. beginning of the height. I mean, he was a, he was a let's phenomenon. Not, let's not say height. Let's say hype. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Vinnie Barbarino was taking right. over the world. Yes. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, I remember seeing it, and I'm 48 now, so when mm -hmm. it, I was a baby when it came out. But mm -hmm. 76, right? Yeah. yeah. All the kids were talking about it. It was an event. Mm -hmm. I think that's why that sticks with me a lot. Mm -hmm. Greece is iconic. But the Boy in the Plastic Bubble was an event right. that, and remember those movies, the movie of the weeks were always in. I miss that. Yes, yeah. right, because there, there was, I, there was, what was that one about? Um, J Jennifer, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. There was that one. I it was Ginny. It was Ginny. I did Dawn, Portrait of a Teenage Runaway. Oh, you did. <laughs> yes. That's, oh my goodness. Maybe we're combining that. You directed that? that? Yes. Dawn, Portrait of a Teenage, with Eve right. Plum? Eve Plum, yes. Oh And my. then there was the Ted Danson one where he touched the, 
the kid. Oh yeah, drama molesting. Yes. Well, so I had Yes, and I hated him. I would not watch. Cheers. I hated him because he's because, a child. Touch yes, him. because uh. when I saw it, I was young, mm-hmm. and I associated the actor with mm-hmm. the creeper. Right. Who hired you to do these TV movies? Well, um, Doug, uh, Doug, someone I can't remember. Uh huh. <laughs> Leonard Goldberg. Oh yes, who did? Who yeah. was partners with yeah. Aaron Spelling? That's right. We I did a lot for them. I did Starsky and Hutch and uh, the Rookies and uh, uh, let's see, a couple more. So um, you cut your teeth on, on television, episodic, and then did TV movies. Yeah, The Gathering I did with. Um, Ed Asner Christmas special. That's wow. that was a big movie. Yeah, that was who was it? Was that who was the Marine woman? Stableton. That's that exactly. Yeah, yeah. What a genius that woman was. Oh yes. yeah, Maureen Stapleton. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she won the Oscar for Interiors. Woody Allen, uh-huh. probably. It was just yeah, Correct. yeah. And Jean yeah. Stapleton was her sister. I don't think they were related. The, no, I feel like they weren't. I, I don't know, but I know that she loved to drink. She and, did. And, yeah. <laughs> and she would, uh, even if she was really, really high or, or dr- no, not high, but she would come often completely um, uh, hungover. Uh-huh. And she'd be like, oh, fuck. And then we'd roll the camera. Boom, she'd go right into the wow. exact moment and do the scene perfectly. And then when I'd say cut, she'd go back to, oh, I got the worst headache. What, <laughs> what, do, you think, what do you think that is? Is it uh, technique? Is it yeah. training? What yeah. is that? I think it is technique and training. I mean, if you take your career seriously, then these things that pop up that are obstacles, you just push away and go back to your original training. I'm sure you've done on Drag Race uh, moments when you didn't feel like doing it. Never. (laughs) What are you talking about? You have a headache or you're not feeling good or you have a stomach flu. Sure, yeah, 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 but you get through it. You know, 20-something years ago, I did this movie called uh, Tu Wong Fu, and I I remember um, I didn't have any scenes with Docker Channing. I was always a fan of hers, but I think uh, on the day we came in to do ADR and record voices, overdubbed voices, uh, she walked into the director's office where I was, and I turned around and saw her and said, oh my God, hey Riz, this year we're going to rule the school. Yes! <laughs> she gave me the dirtiest look. What? <laughs> really? I can't believe it. <laughs> no, because, and I've worked with her many times Not since then. Not a pink then. lady. And yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but she is, she's very serious. You know, she's Upper East Side. Yeah. She's a very, she comes she, from you know, money? Park Avenue. Park mm. Avenue. Oh, yeah, she does come from money. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. and so, so I don't. Do you did you find the actors? Do you think some of the actors may have been not embarrassed, but but felt sort like of, they were above it? I don't think so because you know what I remember at the twentieth um, screening of Greece at Grauman's Chinese Theater when we went back there. I was sitting opposite uh, Stockard, and I watched. I looked over at her during her number. There are worse things like oh do. yes, and I looked at her and I saw tears in her eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I mean That's she was one of the best songs. It's a poignant around. song. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really and, and, and so I mean she can't be that much putting it down. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm sure she wasn't. I don't know. I don't know what was up with her. I mean I've known uh, her for many years. Yeah. We actually did uh, several TV movies together. Oh okay. Yeah, uh-huh. but uh, uh, so so many stars in that uh-huh. film. Um, uh, who who was the casting director? That was Joel Thurm. Joel Thurm. A lot he, of Joels. Yeah, a lot, lot of Joels. But he, he also came up with, like I said, that wonderful line uh, um, with the worst reputation from uh, Denver. Yeah. And he was, he was great. He, he, he and Alan and I were trying to think of people we knew from our childhoods watching TV in the 50s. Yeah. Um, and try to put them in the movies like Sid Caesar sure. and Dodie Goodman. And, um, I thought Sid Caesar was so brilliant. sexy. Okay, what? No, really? no, really. No, I just, I always. In Greece had... or just in general? 
in general. I thought he was sexy in Greece, and I thought he really? was sexy when I was a kid watching him on television. Well, he was, uh, you know what it is with you in particular, is talent. And mm. talent I is do, sexy. I do yeah. love the consciousness. I do love the consciousness. I love all that stuff. He's a genius. I, I, uh, I, do I need to apologize for why I think he's sexy? Why would you have to apologize? I, no. Because, you know, he's not the norm. He's not the, um, you know, what people would think of as, oh, my God, look at that hunk. But I, he's funny. He was. He lived to about ninety-two, didn't he? Yeah. They yeah. all did because they didn't have GMOs and all the bullshit. That's well, yes, now. of course. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I, you never have to apologize. I like weird-looking, non-traditional yeah. people too. Yeah. Never apologize. That's okay. What makes you who you are. Okay. You love Sid Caesar. I mm. love Sid Caesar. And Caesar salad. Yeah. <laughs> it was Sid Caesar who said, um, "If you have a punchline, always put a ka or a cha in it. Like, if oh. you have a punchline, choose a word like." Shaka Khan. Correct. It's always going to be funny. And after funny. him was George Carlin went with that theory oh, too. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So now, um, I, I know that we're about to uh, wrap it up, but you, you also had this um, uh, interactive. Uh, oh yeah, virtual reality. That you were working yeah. on. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Defrost, and it should be coming out. I don't know exactly when. We've been working on the. Po we shot in five days, and we have uh, two years of post. Wow. Because this is a new technology of uh, virtual reality where you. You put on glasses and you look around. You're inside the movie, and uh, we got uh, my friend Bruce Davison was in it, and Veronica Cartwright from uh, Alien. Oh, Alien. one of the most yeah. prolific actresses I ever. Love her. She was yes. in. Well, her sister was in Land of Lost in Space. Yep. But Veronica <sighs> was also a child actor in all of these movies, and she continues to work today. You know, in um, oh oh, she's been in. I think both. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. She was in the 1978 one. Scary me. as yeah. hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's in the 1978 well, version. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's father. What's his name? Donald Sutherland. Yes. 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 And yeah. uh, and then she's also in the um, uh, 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 Nikki Kidman. Uh, BM Expanded's Nikki Kidman's really? version. Really? Invasion. She plays a role in that. And we have Harry Hamlin and uh, we have Carl Weathers are all in, in wow. the show. Wow. Apollo and, Creed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's produced by and starring uh, Tana Frederick, who's the wife of um, Henry Jaglum. Yes. Wonderful, How do you say his name again? Henry Jaglum. Harry Jaglum. H Henry, Henry. Henry Jaglum. I but, see his billboards on, yeah, on Sunset Boulevard. Tana's a wonderful actress and she helped me with this project. When do you think it's going to be ready for? Well, we're hoping around October it's going to hopefully be finished. We're, we're working daily on it, but it's so complicated because we're doing 3D, 360, and um, visual effects, and set extensions, and, and oh CGI, and everything. It's, it's a little bit more... Um, uh, I went... I pushed too far, I think. <laughs> no, no, no such thing. The technology was not quite ready for what we tried to do, but we're, we're, we're making it happen. I love that. And uh, in the meantime, though, you people can go to the website. DefrostVR.com, yeah. Say it again for me. DefrostVR.com. VR, What's like virtual VR? reality. Oh, virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. DefrostVR.com. Oh, you're so, you're, you're articulating like Eve Arden. Eve Arden, thank you very much. <laughs> the best compliment anyone can give me. No, I just, I, I we're, we're going to say goodbye, but I, I, my other favorite, she's just, um, uh, uh, aside from athletic supporter, yeah. she says, um, uh, when, when, uh, was it was it Sid Caesar? He says, um, "We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna kick their butts, and we're gonna we're gonna get them, and we're gonna tear them, and we're gonna do the thing, and we're gonna ring that victory bell like we've always wanted to." <laughs> yeah. I love that. 
that you ever done. I can watch Grease at I, any time. Yep. Well, my my first, my number one movie, of course, is Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. my number one. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's. But I would Grease, say Mahogany's number three for you. Well, it's it's up there. You know, it's 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 um Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, it's Mommy it. Dearest. Yeah. It's you know um uh, 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 uh Auntie Mame. So for. Three, it's a bottleneck. It's a bottleneck. Okay. Baby it's Jane, Baby Jane up there. Yeah, Great I love one. that. Great I love one. that. But about Mommy Eve? Dearest is better than Baby Jane. Yeah, but see, I like the irreverence. I always uh, go yes. to, straight to the irreverence because mm-hmm. that's what makes life interesting mm-hmm. to me. That's why Grease is so funny. And that's why I can watch it at all times. It's got the music. Oh, and the template that the movie is set at. You know what you, you know what the template is. It's a high school movie. You know it's going to end at graduation. But what happens in between there and the pacing of it mm. allows you to not get bogged down in all the other stuff and enjoy mm. what's happening. Because in a lot of movies, and a lot of times musicals, but I'm going to use one of my favorite holiday movies, which is Elf. At some point Wonderful. in it, brilliantly yeah. done, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell's a genius, and Bob... John Bob, Favreau, the director. John yes, Favreau, yes, amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, Bob Newhart is like, oh! Yeah. But <laughs> that's not the point, besides the point. The point is, the, that movie starts so strong for the first hour, mm-hmm. and then it drops, mm-hmm. and you get lost. Mm-hmm. That never happens in Greece, and it happens. happens in so many movies that you yeah. love, 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 but then there's some time where you can go, oh, I can go to the bathroom here, I can go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> sure. Never, ever Happens right. once in Greece. Wow. Well, job well done. Thank you so much. We will I check love you great out. We will check you out at defrostvr.com. Yes. And um, we can, we're going to have to have you back to talk more about stuff. I, there was so much stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but I never got around to it because I was doing Greece stuff the <laughs> okay. whole time. Right. No, you know. we did more than Greece. We did we did a lot more. I'll be back. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> thank you, Arnold. Well, <laughs> thank you, Randall Kleiser. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, I'll see darling. you next time, my love. You know yeah. it. And until then, we're going to, we're not only are we going to rule the school, we're going to do other stuff too, but anyway. And I'm not PG. And not PG. Pass it on, okay? Pass it on. All right. It's, All great. Right. it's great to talk to you. Thank you for inviting Thank me. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Bye, Michelle. Bye, baby. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else, amen.